Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us wherever you're watching today. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. If you're listening on podcast, if you're watching on Rumble, we hope you'll subscribe. We hope you'll share and retweet today's broadcast over the next two hours. Tons of headlines to hit and some great FanDuel options for you to come later today. Gentlemen. Good morning. It's a big day. Yes, They're it all is. big days. A Thursday. I'm blanking on what number show this is for us. 39. You're the counter. I'm guessing 39. Maybe 39. i got to go back and look at it. I'm going to say day 39. Sounds Let's go with right. It. Tomorrow will be day 40 of the show. Excited to be here. Excited about some of the news yesterday that we're going to get into. Excited about Paul's Yankees taking the first two in the series from the Astros. Congrats on that, Paul. Thank you. Getting it done. Lot to, uh, a little discuss. soccer success as well, Chelsea yesterday. A lot to discuss that. with Aaron Rodgers today. We get into not the Yankees, but the Rangers, the New York Rangers, and fight night last night at MSG. Big night for the Orioles uh, and Hutton's boys last night. Afternoon. Go, well, we, uh, we, they, it reverberated into the night. Yes, the afternoon <laughs> became the night, and yeah. both were big for the Orioles and the Orioles nation. It was a big afternoon and night uh, for us, for OutKick, and, and others as well with the news of Fox's acquisition of OutKick and Clay Travis making the announcement yesterday at OutKick.com. Guys, we, we are pumped about the news. Uh, more resources and energy devoted to bringing our listeners, our viewers, the OutKick audience, the best content every day. A massive investment in the current employees and the infrastructure of OutKick. And an expansion with more content creators is to come with this acquisition through Fox. You know, I kind of look at it and equate it to when people were asking me, hey, is this good news for you guys? And of course I'd respond and say, yes, it's great news, but it's like if the PGA Tour doubled the amount of clubs you could carry in your bag, right? Suddenly you have more clubs at your convenience to use in a golf tournament. Well, we got more clubs to swing now with this acquisition with Fox, with OutKick 360 and the entire OutKick network. And I think that's a good thing anytime you have resources like that. I would also say this, when we left our local radio station, there were a lot of people who would ask me on on social media or just text me and not really understand that OutKick was bigger than one local radio station at the time. I'd almost have to convince them and tell them how OutKick is this big media company and big things are happening with OutKick. This removes my having to tell people that it's bigger. And why we bought into the vision. That was the other question. Now that Fox Sports is a part of it, there's no denying it. You don't even have to mention it. It's obviously bigger now that it's a part of this bigger network with Fox. 
I'm, I'm amused. Uh, a lot of people uh, texting me, you know, uh, that, that I'm now best friends with Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity, and that is not uh, my alley per se. But here, here's a long list of other people that work with Fox. <laughs> and uh, I, I, That's it? Please, I, read I'm, from that list. I'm also, I'm also not aligned necessarily with Mayim Bialik. But uh, she's certainly not good friends with Tucker Carlson Big and, and Sean Hannity, uh, and she works for Fox. Angela Bassett works for Fox. Uh, Kristen Wiig works for Fox, on and on. But I, I don't know why the instinct wouldn't be to put us with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Gus Johnson and Tim Brando and people who work for Fox Sports, since we're a sports show. So Clay certainly fits there somewhere with Fox News and Fox Sports. We're going to fit with Fox Sports because we're a sports show. So uh, Fox Sports is a pretty big entity, which also happens to cover the well, NFL, uh, let, let which is a clear. pretty big thing that we talk Outkick about. Outkick 360 is going to fit with Outkick, and yeah. Outkick's not changing. I mean, that was made clear yesterday through Clay and uh, his statement that they just showed on the screen. Outkick.com to, to read the full column. I loved what Clay had to say, how he started the site 10 years ago, to why he's staying on as president now and where he hopes this will grow uh, with the trunk of the tree and all of the different branches, including sports betting, including the 10 states that we currently reach right now where you can legally download the FanDuel app and place your bet. Um, that's going to grow even further now. Uh, you can see it now, FanDuel.com slash OK360. Th th this is a chance uh, for the show to do the exact same thing with the different branches and the different avenues to take in OutKick 360. And this is what, quite frankly, we signed up for. Th this was the vision that was laid out. We didn't know exactly the landing spot for all of this, but we knew Clay was up to something. We knew that OutKick was up to something. And we're not even, what, 40 days into the show? And the news breaks yesterday uh, about all of this that, again, we, we are thrilled for. I, I can't wait to get down this path and see how fast we can get moving. Yeah, and I think that it's a good point, Hutton. Uh, if you like OutKick, OutKick is still OutKick. Clay Travis is on top of OutKick. He's the president of OutKick. He put that in a statement. This isn't uh, some suit coming in from Fox that's now running OutKick. It's, it's, it's owned by Fox, the brand, but it's still Clay Travis's vision. He's still the president of the company. We are still us. This isn't changing our show and what we do with sports. Clay brought us on. Because uh, what, what is it Clay always says? Original, funny, smart authentic. content. Authentic content. And that's why he always liked our show. That's why he brought us over. We are going to be authentic to what we are and who we are as a show. And that's not going to change and, and who we are. And it's funny that, you know, Paul, you're getting some of those tweets. I was too. And I'm thinking, where's all the backlash for The Simpsons? Uh, it's weird <laughs> that, you know, The Simpsons has been on Fox for years and I'm not seeing the backlash on the, Simps the Simpsons coming with this and everyone immediately connecting it to, to other things, which I found funny. Here's the other part of this. It's a lesser story with this, but bigger for this show. I am now colleagues with Aaron Andrews <laughs> and Fox. The countdown, you think she knows that? The still asking that today. The countdown to my reunion with Aaron Andrews, is possibly at the Super Bowl in L.A., is oh. on. And we need to talk about this on the show. For those that don't know it, you can go back and read it at OutKick. Clay a, has a story. We you need a just, countdown clock on the screen. You can search Chad Withrow, Aaron Andrews, and the story will pop up. 
Broken um, trust. Aaron Andrews at a dinner one night in New York City, <laughs> when, I, when I dared to speak at this dinner and address the table, she looked at me with all seriousness and said, who the F are you? Is what she said to Excuse me. Excuse me. And it's been great fodder for this show for a long time. Clay wrote about it. And now uh, we are uh, we work for the same company. And I think that this is, guys, I'm all about bridging the divide, right? This is the chance that I can maybe make a better impression on Aaron Andrews if we meet. And also, we can now get into the rest of the show with a great transition by me because the subject of that conversation where Witherow dared to speak <laughs> was Aaron Rodgers, who we're going to talk about right now. Yes, it was. Good segue. Aaron Rodgers. Um, so the, the story came out right as we were wrapping up yesterday that he, uh, this is uh, Mike uh, Garofalo of NFL Media, who reported that dating back to last season, Rodgers was telling the team's prospective free agents, quote, before you make any decisions, I'm probably not going to be there. Did we get clarification that he was saying this last year? Because we were from, going off the, the air and we were from unsure. from Garofalo's story, dating back to last season, Rodgers was telling the team's prospective free agents, before you make any decisions, I'm probably not going to be there. Now, Meaning, I not talking to his own teammates, talking to outsiders, potential teammates, saying, hey, uh, know you're going to be a free agent. Probably not going to be there. <laughs> I soured on Aaron Rodgers last on the start of the draft when this came out Thursday night. I said I had flipped on Aaron Rodgers. This flips me way harder. If he's telling people who might have signed or re-signed with the Packers before 2020 that he's not going to be there in 2021, thus damaging his own chances to have an improved football team in 2020, then what is he doing? I mean, that's not just hurting the Packers. That's hurting himself. Well, this is referencing 2020, like during dating back to last season, which would have been 2020. Right. So conceivably, somebody might have chosen not to sign there in 2020 because they knew he wasn't going to be there for as long as he uh, – uh, me, as a signee, am going to be there Maybe. longer than Aaron yeah. Rodgers is going to be there. It's less appealing for me. And so Aaron Rodgers hurt his own chances, conceivably, at getting a guy on last year's team that could have helped him win that NFC Championship game and get past the Bucks. So now he's meddled with his own chances at success. Is there an NFL rule? Uh, it, it just seems he like... He tampered with his own team. Exactly. It's, it's tampering. It seems like the NFL could get involved. If that's true, and they could prove it, no, I that don't he's think... dissuading free no. agents from signing with his team. There's not a player tampering thing. It's an organizational But it's also it's, it's, well, let's, okay, it's self-sabotage. Let's take is. a step back and put this in perspective. After a game, guys talk at the 50-yard line or during a timeout, you're waiting on a TV or timeout. Or the Pro Bowl. Where, wherever it. it might be. And you're, you're talking like, hey, man, I'd love to play for you. With Contract me. coming up. Yeah, or play with you. And the reaction is, well, you know, Funny you mentioned that. I may not be there. If someone came up to me a year ago and said, hey, man, love to work with you. Let's, let's do this long term. I would say to them, I may not be where I am long term. That's fair. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not tampering. It's a good way to put it. It's, it's honesty. Um, I, I have turned But did you want to win last year while you I were still win. there? 
I did win, and so did he. He won the MVP. I think that that's and Aaron Rodgers saying my loyalty. Uh, not all on Aaron Rodgers. The, the team no, no, can spend I, more money. They can also draft more offensive players to help him. Matt LaFleur can not kick a field goal and win. Agree with all of that. But if they were talking legitimately to a wide receiver who might have come, he might have hurt that chance. I don't like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point you raise, Hutton, because I also don't want players just lying to right. prospective free agents well, and you say, say, oh, nothing. yeah, I'm here long term. And Yeah, but if you say nothing, you're kind of saying the same thing. Hey, you going to be around? <laughs> Sil- Silence. I, mean, I think not, we all know what that asking, means. They're not asking the question. They're presuming he's going to be there. He's under contract and everything. No, if you you're going out of your way out, to tell him you're not going to be there. Again, this is two different things. <clears throat> if a guy comes to you and gives you a call and knows you and says, Aaron, I'm thinking about signing with the Green Bay Packers, what's your plan? And Aaron Rodgers gives the honest assessment of, I'm probably not going to be here after this next year. That's one thing. That, that's this one sounds thing. like he Him was being reaching proactive. out to people and saying, don't sign with the Packers because I'm not going to be here or I need you to know I'm not going to be here before you make a decision, then I have a big issue with this that. This sounds like that to me. And I, and I turn, that sounds awfully extreme if that's the case. It, there's just so many conflicting. This comes back to, Paul, what you were saying. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Aaron Rodgers needs to speak. If he's got issues, because now everyone is telling the story for him. Yeah. John Kuhn is another one who went on record, who yeah. works with in Packers broadcasting mm-hmm. also. But he says, uh, I really don't think Aaron is that cynical of a person to want the GM fired. That he does not believe that at all. That it's either him or Gudenkist. And then he goes on to say, I still believe there's an opportunity at a resolution here. He puts it at 70% <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers. He said, I just think it's going to take two men that are dug in right now to try to meet in the middle so they're both happy. What we said from the beginning. David Dunn. Got to sit down and talk to both sides and see if you can have some sort of resolution. But it would help if Aaron Rodgers said something so we knew his side of this and weren't just picking apart things he may have told other people, things people are hearing, what he did with free agents and all of that. So there's a long time for things to to settle and hash out. And uh, he knows, too, that this is going to be the national story. Like, every day we're entering the time where, where yeah. you know, there are no new NFL stories for a long time. This is going to be the story. Every little development. Domofsky says 5%. Kuhn says 70%. Let's get the percentimeter, fellas. Every day we're going to have somebody saying a percent on, on far uh, Rogers. Favre. We did hear from Favre, Favre too. Yeah. Favre has spoken. He does not believe he's coming back. He said, I, I don't think he's going to be a Packer, knowing Aaron Rodgers and knowing that situation. And also, this whole idea now that I'm hearing from a lot of different people, uh, when the speculation comes up about, should Aaron Rodgers go to your team? Whatever market you're in, whatever NFL team you're a fan of, and people come back and say, oh, I don't want a personality like Aaron Rodgers. Really? I mean, he... Played for the Packers for 16 years and had a ton of success. This isn't changing my perception of I would not want Aaron Rodgers on my team no. because his personality is bad. Let's, let's Ask his that. teammates yeah. what they think of him. We've also learned from two guys. Yeah, let's get into that, yeah. Hutt. We, we discussed the personality of Aaron Rodgers and whether or not it matters for uh, a team acquiring him. We're just crushing segues today, that, by the way. That is two great segues. <laughs> just coming up. Ridiculous. Also... A perfectly timed shot at the Green Bay Packers from their rival. We have this quote uh, straight ahead from Ryan Pace, uh, who we tipped the cap to 
coming up. But first, uh, the, the proper grooming requires precision engineered tools for your family jewels and just announced the all new trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped.com. As you can see it right now on your screen, just released, now available at Manscaped.com. With Manscaped, you have the right tools for the job. They obsess over providing the best tech, the advanced ceramic blade, the skin safe technology, the Lawnmower 4.0 has travel lock for those on the go, and the LED spotlight, Chad, provides a more precise shave. You're going to hear something like this uh, go along with it also, and you can see this light as I'm using the old version. This, of course, the new version. New additional guard length, sizes one through four. It's waterproof, perfect for the shower, plus wireless charging. I'm a man who sometimes have charging issues. Uh, with my devices, wireless charging is a great thing, Paul. Paul, there's a great offer right now. 20% off is, is a nice discount. And free shipping with the code OK360 at manscaped.com. No nicks, no cuts, just a smooth shave. Again, manscaped.com, 20% off with the code OK360 at checkout. Check out the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. The great crew on staff, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, David Reed, could not do the show here from Blackbird Studio without them. A big thanks to uh, Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny for making the show happen today. We, we hope he's awake. Uh, Sarah Triplett, welcome to the show as a production assistant today is day number one for all Sarah. All around. Yeah, a, a huge cast on hand through OutKick to, to bring you OutKick 360 each and every day, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, right here, wherever you may be watching. Sarah Triplett, the first intern, but not the last. The first OutKick 360 intern. She will always hold that distinction as the first intern in OutKick 360 history. And if she's not a FanDuel user, she's about to be. FanDuel.com slash OK360 because Get that phone out right Sarah, now, Sarah. as sign a new up. user, could sign up for up to a $1,000 risk-free bet as a new user. And if she lost the her first bet, she would get that back in site credit up to $1,000. You can try FanDuel Sportsbook today. FanDuel.com slash OK360 for the promotion. And, Chad, we were scanning through some of the offers. Uh, available today with the games, and there, there are more promotions that go with this other than the $1,000 uh, back in site credit. Plenty of, of offers and promotions every day just by clicking uh, up top on the site. But as you scroll through, and that was, uh, the, hopefully, Chad, your, your offers have been better than that with your losing streak from a couple of weeks ago. But as you, as Jacob throws <laughs> as up something Jacob from says, a few oh, weeks damn. ago, um, uh, there is a game that you had your eye on today. There is a game, Hutton. It's a game that you had an eye on too because it infuriated you uh, with Major League Baseball's stance on Madison Bumgarner and yep. the uh, the seven inning yep. no hitter that was discredited by Major League Baseball. Madison Bumgarner, the Diamondbacks, he's, getting a getting a run and a half. He's on the he's on the bump, getting a run and a half. Uh, I don't like the run spreads in Major League Baseball. I'm a money line guy when it comes to picking a game. Uh, I'm going Diamondbacks over the 
Miami Marlins. Let's load up. What do we think of one of the least attractive up. franchises in all of pro sports? The what Miami do we Marlins. think of Garrett Cole over under eight and a half strikeouts against your Houston Astros today? Paul, you are huge on strikeouts. I love props. the strikeout props. I, I guess his former team. I'm not a strikeout Let's prop guy to know enough about what's a good number uh, for he a certain pitcher. struck out, I think, 11 in his last start. See, I like the uh, I like the simplicity of the money line because everyone can understand <laughs> winning or losing. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I'm like, I think this you can understand win, staying in the game I, long enough to I strike like to out. Nine oh, guys. I understand right. strikeouts, but That's I'm saying That's the key. I, How long do you think he lasts? Well. I need. If I, he's throwing well, he you're throws asking at least me, Paul. Six. I'm a guy who needs guidance on these props because you've done it a lot more. You tell us what you're thinking because when I start playing strikeout props, I'm going to go to you because I don't do any well, baseball props. I'm a little I'm surprised that it's not higher. Uh, so I on tend the strikeout? to. Yeah. I mean that's the right number, but I could see him striking out nine or ten. <laughs> that means we're going under. <laughs> Paul's yeah, a little right. surprised it's not higher. Vegas knows something there. I'm going to be very simple with my pick. Diamondbacks, they're going to win. They're going to beat the Miami Marlins with Madison Bumgarner on the bump. Diamondbacks get it done. Take them on the money line. Okay, so we're about to show you the money line. Is you can get and the, utilize this code. OK360. Oh, Take advantage of it. Sarah's doing it right and you now. Can get, Sorry, break her phone out. You can get the insurance as well. But you click any sport. We always uh, for, for today. We were checking baseball this morning, and here are your lines. I was asking Chad initially about his Bravos, where Atlanta. Uh, giving a run and a half, I believe, today. Uh, but he said, you know what? No, I'm not buying that. Not buying that. What else do you got? And I said, how about the Diamondbacks plus a run and a half? And he said, stop right there. That's where we're loading up. Yeah, Braves uh, going for uh, the sweep. It's the final game of that series. Yeah, it's the final game of that series. They play Philly tomorrow. So they're going for the three-game sweep of Washington. Not a Drew Smiley believer right now for the Braves. So I'm not taking the Braves. I am a Madison Bumgarner believer so I'm going Arizona. I took Cole over eight and a half Yankees okay. money line. Got 173 on the parlay. So Yanks will lose today. Hey, props to John Means uh, on the hill yesterday for the Baltimore Orioles. My O's. Uh, Means becomes the first player uh, since Jim Palmer in 1969 to throw a no-hitter. Uh, individual no-hitter for the Baltimore Orioles. And he was a wild pitch away from a perfect game. A pitch that was a third swing uh, strikeout for Means. In the third inning. It gets underneath Severino, the catcher's legs, on a breaking ball. They eventually throw out the runner at second base. Uh, but the runner advanced to first on a strikeout. Means gets the no-hitter. Uh, what uh, uh, unbelievable story. His, his father had recently passed away, I think last year, maybe 2019. Uh, and he nearly quit baseball altogether because he wasn't highly recruited. Uh, in fact, w was not recruited in high school. Bounced around to different high schools just to play high school. Gets to West Virginia. Is an 11th round pick. Works his way up. Now he's the ace for the Orioles. And has on the inside of his glove his father's name and throws a no-hitter yesterday in Seattle. It's, it's an amazing story. I like the way he throws. Methodical, yeah. upright pitcher, not a lot of hunch, Smooth. not a crazy motion, all of that stuff. West Virginia not exactly known for college Looked baseball as a program either uh, for him to go there and accomplish that. It's amazing. And you said Jim Palmer yep. was the last no-hitter. I believe I read this correctly where that's the longest gap 
it was. for a major league club to go from in between no hitters. But they've had ten. No, a good pitching organization historically. While we're reviewing last uh, last night or yesterday afternoon, I know you guys aren't particularly concerned with the Champions League in Europe, but I was telling Chad, this is an interesting story in this regard. Thomas Tuchel, who's now the coach of my Chelsea squad, last year coached uh, PSG out of Paris, and he got them to the Champions League final. Then they started poorly this year, lost his job, comes into Chelsea, which is struggling, fires their coach, revives Chelsea, and has them in the European Championship final. Two different teams in Europe's final in two years. That is a kick-ass coaching job. This gentleman's this guy, name again? Thomas Phil Tuchel. Jackson. <laughs> yes. uh, Phil Jackson of International German. Soccer. He's can, fantastic. Can this guy coach the U.S. men's national team? <laughs> no. Yeah, where is it's he? Be- it's well below him. Um, is, so is here's he the coaching a national thing. team? No, but you don't coach a national team and a Premier League team. It's not you don't okay. double dip that way. But it's here's not the like thing. Olympic basketball right, where the NBA right, coach right. or college coach takes over. So here's the interesting thing though, the European championship is is two Premier League teams, Chelsea against Man U uh, 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 Man City, excuse me. They play a Premier League game Saturday against each other. That's of consequence. Chelsea needs to win it to get top four to be in next year's uh, not definitely needs to win it, but to get into next year's Champion League. So a game of consequence between these two teams this weekend, and then they play the 29th for the Championship of Europe. Paul, help me with this, because you were always a bigger, better than smaller guy. Global, better than national. Uh, national, better than local, right? So you said it's beneath him to coach a national team for a Premier League guy? Is well, it the biggest thing in the world, the World Cup? It, yes. And coaching a national team in the, to win a World Cup? Yes. Would be the biggest thing you could accomplish? But, and coaching England is a very big job, but it's also a very big job for the European uh, uh, Euro and, and World Cup, but those only come every two and every four years. So if you're looking for a daily job, your club Chelsea is a daily job. Coaching England is, is a daily job in that you're scouting and getting things organized, but you don't have players to work with until those club teams break up and disperse for qualification. And so stuff is like it that. your opinion that these national team coaches are inferior to the managers no, of the European no, Premier Leagues? No, they're, they're very good jobs. But if you have a top, top job, uh, you know, if you go offer the coach of a top club uh, – uh, uh, a, a top country job, that, that's a tough call. That's double-edged quitting. Coaching Americans is beneath him. Oh, certainly. <laughs> that's so, I hate to hear that, but I'm sure you're right. I mean, that would be the job that's beneath him. But it's not like international basketball where it's if you're, if you're a USA cycle, basketball, you, you go hire Mike Krzyzewski, for instance, you know, to coach the national team. You can hire whoever you want, college or pro. The best coach in America can go do it and coach their respective program or team. It's not the same way yeah, in international may, soccer. Maybe you could do both. I, I don't. I don't think it's happening. Maybe I'm speaking a little bit out of school, but I, I don't think England's coach has a has a job other than England's coach. So uh, an unbelievable, at least I found it to be funny, shot at the Green Bay Packers through the Chicago Bears where Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace at the, the post-draft press conference, Ryan Pace, after they traded up yeah, for Justin Fields, made it a point to tell the media that, that Matt, Matt Nagy called Andy Dalton 
to make sure that Dalton knew in advance of the, the team's options of trading up to go after Justin Fields and to bring him into the quarterback room. The quote was, that communication and clarity to us is really important. <laughs> that quote is a direct shot at Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers not knowing about the team trading up to go after Jordan Love. And that is the type of rivalry fodder I am here, here for. I think it's I a, love it. I think it's a clever shot, and I like it. And I love when teams get a little get a little yeah. saucy <laughs> and start taking shots at each other like this. However, I will say, I don't know that I'm in a rush to hear from the Chicago Bears taking quarterback or quarterback communication shots at the Green Bay Packers, who just went from Brett Favre for a long period of time to Aaron Rodgers. Take what you can for a long period of time. So I don't know that. I don't know if that's the team I want to hear that from, but I do think it's a very funny and clever shot. Just say, you know, if the ball's on the tee, you take a swing. And the ball is clearly on the tee for Chicago in that moment. To say, you know what, we did call Andy Dalton of all quarterbacks. We called our QB1 and let him know that we're drafting, not just drafting, but we're trading up to go draft Justin Fields. And the Packers come back and say, well, you know what? Rex Grossman's not walking through that door anytime soon. So why don't you go find a quarterback and then talk to us? Um, so are people really concerned with Aaron Rodgers' personality, people being fans of teams that don't currently have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback? I've heard this from multiple places. So I, we name names on this show. I'm going to be completely honest. I've heard this from so many places. I, I can't name names because a lot of people are saying it. And the quote is, I don't want Aaron Rodgers and his personality on my team or in my locker room. And my initial thought is, you don't want the reigning NFL MVP, one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the game on your team because of his personality? A guy who's seemingly gotten along with teammates for years. Yeah, He's not been a huge disruption to the point where he's tearing down the Packers organization or their chances at success. Uh is he difficult to play with? Probably. Michael Jordan was difficult to play with. I mean, there, there's guys like that are super demanding. I don't think Devontae Adams has an issue with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has an issue with Devontae Adams. Do your job, do it well, and you and Aaron Rodgers are going to get along fine. So it's more, to me, insecurity about your own team if you're saying that. I don't want this guy with a big personality that also happens to be maybe the greatest quarterback in the game or certainly the best two or three currently in football, I don't want him in my locker room because he's got a bad personality. I, I don't get that. Because let's be completely honest here. There's only two or three teams that should not be considering right. Aaron Rodgers. Now, there is a sliding scale of who needs Aaron Rodgers more than other ones. We talked about it yesterday. The, Paul, the 49ers pops up immediately as that makes a ton of sense when that trade was talked about before. That's a team ready-made to compete for a Super Bowl if they had an Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He's from that area also. But no way am I passing on Aaron Rodgers because of his personality. Not because personality. of his personality. That, that's ridiculous to say you'd pass on him because of his personality. You might pass on him, whether you find it reasonable or not as an outsider, because you just made a move up and drafted Trey Lance and you're ready to, right. to start a, a new thing in a new direction. Not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't a fantastic quarterback who you might you know win with right now, but you've made a long-term plan and you're, you're far enough along with that long-term plan that you're not willing to, 
to tear it up having made a decision to go that direction. And that's the case with a lot of teams in the league. And also the thing that complicates it is, um, and you, you brought this up early this week, Hutton, and much to your credit, this is not a situation where this is automatically you trade your quarterback to get Aaron Rodgers back because Green Bay, the, the start of this whole thing, maybe not the start, and we'll get into that, mm-hmm. but a big element of this whole thing is that they've drafted Aaron Rodgers' successor. And so what they're looking for back isn't necessarily a quarterback. It's not a quarterback. And so you can't say, well, would I trade my quarterback for Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Well, they're not looking for a quarterback back, probably. And so you can't say, would I take him over mine? Yes. Because they don't want yours. So if you've already got a guy at quarterback with salary dedicated to him and plans, how do you get out of your quarterback in order to bring him in? Well, it's show me also mine, show you, show your so it's <laughs> uh, it, tip it's, for it's also based on the the flexibility and the patience that the organization has in the current general manager and head coach. And let, let's use an example: Carolina. Let's compare Carolina to Denver. Matt Rule in Carolina, brand new general manager who came from Seattle as well, and Federer. Um, or Fritterer, excuse Fritterer. me. Um, in thinking about that setup, where they're they're investing in Sam Darnold uh, for the next year, two years, to see if they want to move forward with that contract. Verse, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be in the mix for for Aaron Rodgers compared to Sam Darnold. I'm comparing the organizational structure compared to Denver, where Vic Fangio's job is on the line in 2021. It was on the line last year, and he survived somehow. You think the Denver Broncos would pass on on Aaron Rodgers because of a personality issue? Well, no. Well, nobody's passing on him because of a personality issue. That's some fan made up stuff. His but, personality but, in a locker room fans, with the team the is great. The fans' justification, though, Paul, is I don't want this malcontent in the locker right. room poisoning. <laughs> well, he's not the a malcontent well. on a new team. And he didn't do anything to hurt his old team. He You're won the MVP. The choir here. You're preaching the choir. Let me give you an example, though, of uh, when I talk about the hierarchy of who would be interested in, in Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Uh, we, we're doing the show in Nashville. Local team, the Titans. They have Ryan Tannehill. If you're a team like the Titans that just won a division, yeah. and you're a team that's looking to, to be back in the playoffs this year, and you've got a good quarterback in place, and you've got bigger needs on the opposite side of the ball or in other places, you don't want to give up what it would take to bring in Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't make sense no. for a team like the Titans. But is Aaron Rodgers better than Ryan Tannehill? Absolutely. Absolutely he's better than Ryan Tannehill. So just he's better quarterback than to quarterback. Except Tom Brady. And Pat Mahomes. I yeah. mean, there's, there's two guys you would argue with. It's Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady. Everyone else should be interested on a player-to-player standpoint in Aaron Rodgers. But, again, Titans is the example. Other con- other Just doesn't make sense because con- you've got context. a good quarterback. you got other bigger – got big needs. Quarterback's not the issue. you got cap situations. And you're coming off a division championship where you're thinking you're going to win another one this year, and you don't want to give up what it would take to get an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's a lot of other context around it. And, again, it's not trading your quarterback for that quarterback. So, it would be simpler if it was, you know, your quarterback plus a bunch of draft picks for that quarterback. It would be a lot more cut and dried. That's not what we're talking about. This, this big story was the story of the draft that broke the, the Thursday of, of round one. I mean, the, the Internet was destroyed when the story came out that Aaron Rodgers wanted to be traded. 
and, and Schefter and other NFL reporters took to the, the their perspective uh, networks. But this is a a headline and a story that's been in the mix for years. Um, Charles Robinson from Yahoo recently pointed out and said he even forgot that he put this nugget in a story from 2018 that said that Rodgers was wanting a bit more say, not final say, but a heads up on roster decisions as he was moving forward in his tenure and his career with the Green Bay organization. Uh, meanwhile, Paul, Bob McGinn, in a story at The Athletic, points out that there was a straw that broke the camel's back, and it's not even a player that the average fan, the casual fan, and maybe even the hardcore fan of the National Football League would even recognize. Um, one of his friends, uh, Jake Kumaro, the team decided to release him in early September, and this took place 24 hours after Aaron Rodgers went on Sirius XM and mentioned how much he valued the wide receiver being on the 53-man roster. Less than a day later, the team cut him. And that, that move, according to Bob McGinn, is the straw that broke the camel's back with Aaron Rodgers and the organization. And then, Chad, he was asked later, I don't remember the exact timetable, Rodgers was asked like for an endorsement of somebody, and he said, I'm going to steer something akin to it. I'm going to steer clear of that. Last time I endorsed somebody, ended up in Buffalo. Yeah. Now, he, look, Camaro is not some game changer. You know, right. he's, he, he's since been released he in Buffalo. He's a role player. He's a role player. But he liked him, and he found him dependable. And, and he was friends with him in the locker room. They, they were genuine friends in the locker room. Like, their pers speaking of personalities, they clicked. They're really good friends. And then 24 hours after Rodgers mentioned that, they cut the dude. I mean, I, I think reasonable people would expect to be angry about that if you're Aaron Rodgers. If you were in his position and they asked you an opinion on a guy and you said you liked him and then they turned around <laughs> and cut him, that then I, my response would be, why did you even come to me and ask if, you, if that was going to be the case after I gave my endorsement? I, I mean, there are some things here that I, I get it. I would be frustrated if I were Aaron Rodgers also. Is he handling it the right way? No, because he's not being transparent about what he wants and he's not saying it. He's not saying it to the media. He's not talking to the Packers about it. And that's what needs to change. But there's some righteous frustration with Aaron Rodgers. I just wish, you know, these things are starting to drip out. The Jerry Krause texts, this detail. You know, it's been a steady drip now. I'd like to hear from him. What you know, can he do, say that wins people over at this point? I don't know if Is he, he needs he's to gonna win lose lose for those that are criticizing him? Because it's you know those that are being critical of him are saying yeah you're, you're letting you're letting this stuff leak out there, where look the news cycle is going to pick up on every little thing now like we're going back to something that was written in 2018 and making it a new headline, but with him if he comes out and demands a trade well then he's the bad guy, if he comes out and says that that, that he didn't want this out there then he's criticized for leaking it. I mean, this is coming from his camp on Thursday, yeah. not coming from Green Bay, certainly. So what do, you, what do you say that makes people happy at this point? Or do you just stay silent? Well, I, if he shows up, let, let me give you an example. If he shows up at, at, at the Kentucky Derby and does the on-camera interview with Tarico and says, you know what, I, I do think, Mike, that I've played my final down in Green Bay for wearing a Packers uniform and here's why. 
are we calling him a you know a crybaby right now and saying that you know he he you know this is the NFL not the NBA? I think the majority of people are saying that's not how the NFL structured. This Sorry, is, this is less about how he's perceived from the public and more about how he should approach this situation. Instead of leaking news the day of the draft and then allowing this serve and volley where now the Packers are leaking bad news about Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is going to go to a media friend and his camp is going to leak bad news about the Packers, just say what your intentions are. I get it. Just say it. No. I, I, Packers fans and football fans are going to be pissed regardless. Why don't the Packers do the out? same thing? If the so, intentions were truly that they told him prior to the draft that we are going to trade you, and then they're now saying that they had no intention of trading him. Why don't they be more transparent with this news? They should be. They've at least been in front of cameras. And the floor stands up there and lies and says that he hasn't even crossed his mind that Aaron Rodgers won't be back. I don't see how it doesn't serve Aaron Rodgers well. I'm not saying he needs to come out and say, yeah, I want to be traded or whatever. If if he was in front of a camera in a casual conversation with a a friendly outlet and said, I'm frustrated. This thing has come to a an head, and and we need some brand of resolution here. And you know, I feel like it's their time to 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 take the first step towards that, volley it into their court that way. And I mean, then, and then, right? He's he's really put it, the onus on them. Well, then they fire their GM, and he's the well, they won't. He's the guy who's well, dropping the guillotine. And now, I don't think Coom, the former uh, fullback, <laughs> is, saying, is saying he's not that cynical. You know, that he would not have a guy fired. Like, he knows Aaron Rodgers well enough well, to know I don't that think that's their the response case. would be to fire the GM. I'm with John McClain. They're not firing the GM. Well, not, not when the organization has already – I mean, they're, they're telling us without telling us that next year is the deciding year for Jordan Love. It's going to be this year. But next year, based on the contract structure, has to be. Has to be. The deciding year because you have to know whether or not to pick up a fifth-year option after a guy's third season. On on a quarterback fifth-year option, you're not going to just trade up for a guy in the first round and never play. They screwed up the whole timetable with that draft pick. What What do you do if you're Jordan Love now? You can't do anything because they've got the best story possible is going to be him demanding a trade. (laughs) I mean, if that comes out now, like I've sat back and I've sat back long enough and watched these stories. And I'm going to say that I clearly am not trusted by this organization and I want out would be hilarious to me. I can't say I'm not trusted by them, but they say that the whole thing is because they drafted me yeah. and they made a mistake, so let's get me out of here I and think then a, everything you know, takes care of itself. Hilarious, That'd be funny. <laughs> a hilarious tweet would be to like mock up some fake offer from Jeopardy and tweet it out if you're Jordan Love. Yeah, or say that Family Feud is firing Steve Harvey. <laughs> and I'm, in, I'm in talks with Family Feud. We're starting some new game shows. The match right. game. Uh, well, you're yeah. gonna do that. With also that thin like microphone, the, I like the thin micro- microphone. What if he game. really owned it and he made his nickname the mistake? So then, if he goes on to a great career, he could always be the mistake. You know, like if Allen Iverson was the answer. He was the mistake by the Packers, especially if he goes somewhere else. Rodgers was able to live up to the pressure of Brett Favre after that saga, and now you know Jordan Love, no fault of his own, is underneath that same microscope when he takes his snap. And he was the third quarterback last year. Well, you know what Tim really hurt Boyle them? was the second. You know what really QB. hurt that whole situation? Really hurt this the only whole other, situation. He's the only other quarterback on the roster, by the way. This is the only Love. reason in the world to have any regret about no preseason last mm. year. Yep. Yeah. Because you, you had no, no idea. Yeah. 
And he would have played, you know, probably three quarters of some of those games. Sure. I've got a surprise for Paul Koharski. I have an inkling. I have an inkling. I overheard something. We usually like Paul showing up late so we can talk about it behind his back. But showing he up late. This time. By showing up late an hour and 20 minutes early. Right. It's Tom, Tom Coughlin over here. Let me, let me clarify now because we have new bosses that may be tuning in. <laughs> Paul doesn't ever show up late. He shows up later than me and Hutton. <laughs> That's what I meant Only to because he doesn't need coffee. That's right. Uh, Chad's great bad sports movies. Or is it films? Well, <laughs> cinema. Pieces of cinema. <laughs> the Art. What it is is art. If you missed the end of yesterday's show, Chad was ripped to shreds by Paul for mentioning the program. And, and quoting, not mentioning, quoting the program. A very quotable film. We will find out if the program is in this top five. And the other pieces of art that are or considered bad by else. PK that, <laughs> that, that make the top five great bad sports films for Chad Withrow next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on. We have the Tennessee Power Hour coming up in about 10 minutes. The three of us just placed a bet. FanDuel.com slash OK360. We've got the parlay going on. Paul, the details. We have the Yankees to win outright. Go Yanks! And Garrett Cole over eight and a half strikeouts in this game. Go and the first pitch is about 10 minutes away. Let's, go, let's go get it done. Let's finish the sweep. Let's do it. Let's finish the sweep. Put the Astros in their lowly place. And win six in a row. If you'd like to join us on that parlay, you can do it now. There's still 12 minutes before first pitch. Again, take the Yankees to win and take Garrett Cole over eight and a half strikeouts for the game. Sarah Triplett, our new intern, a production assistant, is going to update us on strikeouts for Garrett Cole. Throughout. She'll do this. She's going to get a hold One, up of, uh, yes. Two. Hopefully she'll three, be doing that. Four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, and then over. And then we're going to celebrate. If she doesn't uh, give us any motion, we have problems yeah. uh, on very, the strikeouts. Very, very concerned we, if in 20 either she's minutes very we've forgetful got we have or problems. we're not winning. Um, Could be the last day of her internship. <laughs> <laughs> she's also going to keep tabs on how many of these films Paul has A, seen, and B, enjoyed. Chad Withrow presents the bad, great sports films. <laughs> Let me just say again, uh, I, I want to preview his list. Okay. What Chad mistakes is uh, sentiment for a film, for that film being good. Look, I have great sentiment for Fletch, right? In college, yeah. we watched Fletch a bunch. We, all, yeah. we know all of the line. You're using the whole fist, Doc, the whole, you know, can I borrow your towel? My car just hit a water buffalo. All great lines. Mm -hmm. But we don't mistake it for the deer hunter. <laughs> Right? This is, well, this is not, uh, not an not Academy Award. It's not The Godfather. It didn't, it's not an Academy Award winning film. Chad blurs the lines. These movies that he has great sentiment it's just, it's just for, so completely he thinks are excellent utterly films. Utterly false, everything he, he, he said. He thinks they're great. He quotes them <laughs> like they're the Bible. And they're not. I you, think you have a thought? Lance, your thoughts. Lance, please. Paul, did you just reference the film that you were in? Yes, yes. Oh. Great, great film. Co-star of I happen to be, sorry Lance, but I happen to be in a great film. It's not my fault. If I was in a bad film, I would tell you it's a bad film. Unlike Chad. If Chad was in one of these films, he would make it even better than Lance, it in The isn't. Deer Hunter, we, we once on, on the show uh, tried to pinpoint exactly where Paul is. And you just have me. to take his word for it, that he's the grainy child I, in the bottom right corner of the screen. This is, but this is the, the difference. Like I can acknowledge what is artistically really good, 
and is going to be nominated for an Oscar, <laughs> while also acknowledging that, with all due respect to The Deer Hunter, I've seen it once. And I've never wanted to go back and rewatch The Deer Hunter. Major League was not nominated for an Oscar, but I can watch that movie at any time. Okay. And no one's going to argue with me. That's not one of the most but entertaining movies. Major League movies is a fun, of all good time. film. Most of these are not. You very haven't heard good. the list yet. You haven't heard the list. Well, I, based off, on yesterday, I can. I got a feel. First off, Major League is not on the list because it's a legitimately great, great film. Yeah. Let me go on record in saying that. Yeah, to begin. Yeah, here, here are other movies are that my, aren't going to be on the list. Bull Durham and Field of Dreams because they're good. These are my great. <laughs> exactly. So I get the exercise. None of those are on the list because they are legitimately great. These are my great bad sports yes. films. Okay, they're, It's not necessarily so bad. It's great. It's just that I acknowledge that technically they're not the most well-made or active films. But they're films. rewatchable. Well, that's the end of the but segment. We finally got an it's, it's very entertaining. Rewatchable. It's very, these are my great bad sports movies. And again, this is not... The Rolling Stone just did a list of the top 100 sitcoms of all time, which is very entertaining. With Seinfeld But they go throughout time, you know, and go through all the sitcoms. This is a very specific time window. What was number one of on that movies list? that I rewatch and that I like. So this is not an all-time list. This is my list. What was number one on that list? Seinfeld? I did not. I've not read all of it yet, so I don't know. Number five. Let's see if Jacob's got this this right graphic up. A Tom Selleck classic, <laughs> Mr. Baseball, 1992. Tom Selleck as Jack Elliott goes to Japan. His career is struggling, dying in the states in the major leagues. Goes to Japan. I think it's a very entertaining baseball Wasn't film. Wasn't this called Mr. 3000 at one point? No, that's the Bernie Mac film yeah. uh, that you're you're referencing, Mr. 3000. You're thinking of Pitch. Mr. Baseball, no. yeah. that's another, Pitch I like. We'll get to Pitch another, <laughs> another show. Uh, a little bit confusing because Dennis Haysbert, the voice of Allstate, played Pedro Serrano in a great baseball film, Major League. In the Major League franchise, and he also appears in this one. I love the promotion. as a member of an American member of the team in Japan, which can be a little bit confusing considering these movies are like two years apart, and he's playing a baseball player uh, in both of those he's the movies. Biggest can I thing comment one by Japan one? Yes, Godzilla one by one. We want promotion. you one by one. If I've got 90 minutes for Tom Selleck, it's either a Magnum PI marathon <laughs> or Friends. That's the last of Tom Selleck's relevance. <laughs> No three men and a baby. Uh, yeah, that's okay, a long, yeah. that's also yeah. twenty years ago, twenty five. Oh, Mustache so, Hall of Fame. So good. I will say this about the, the the what what moves this down the list for me. I hate forced romantic storylines in a movie, and this is one of the worst forced romantic storyline with the young Japanese woman that works for the team. <laughs> that I swear there was no buildup to their relationship. Like, they see each other at the ballpark, and the next scene they're in a tub together <laughs> at one point talking about, like, all of his problems in life. And I'm like, boy, that really sped it's up. It's one of the worst. He just said, I'm quoting him, it's one of the worst forced romantic storylines ever, and it's top five Top five rewatchable. Great, bad sports movies. Number four on the list. Number four. Jacob Swanson. We'll pull it up right now. Little Big League. Um, this Very version of Little Big League is not the one that I'm referencing. Uh, this is an older <laughs> one. Uh, Little Big League is a remake, a remake I, of this bad film. I have no clue what the hell that is. I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know that. But I, if you I think search, that is a. I think it, that's a spoof on the actual cover, and that's a father and son that did redid the cover of Little Big League. <laughs> he Googled an image and found like. <laughs> A father-son so remake of the poster. I'm if you, if you search Little Big League, the first thing that pops up is the 1994 American sports family film, 
Little Big League. Um, and not that. So, and the other thing that pops up is Little Big League, the band. Maybe that could be the name of our in-house band. Little Big League, Lance and opening for Dad's acid. Yes, <laughs> uh, Little Big League. Look, highly entertaining. Young, I was about the. I was exactly the age of the boy in the movie when it came out in 1994. I was 12, also. Billy you Haywood. His age. I love that Billy Haywood. <laughs> at one point, when he gets full of himself as the manager, uh, the, the premise is simple. Uh, his, his grandfather passes away, gives the team to him. He takes over as owner, then eventually manager. When he refers to himself in the third person as Bill Haywood, you know, a Bill Haywood would not do something like that. I was jealous because he churched up the name Billy, and my name was Chad, and there's no churching up Chad <laughs> unless I called myself Chadwick, which would have been very odd. Paul, your thoughts? I like this film very much, but there's a very important caveat. I have an 11-year-old son, and I watch it with him. Because it's a children's film. It is. It can be enjoyed by adults too. There was the With grown their up, children. the Timothy Busfield storyline. You're missing the you're missing the point of watching it as an 11 year old and growing up with it and watching it on replay on VHS. With your 11 year old. And the, no, I didn't watch it with my father. I watched it on VHS to burn time. Yeah, me too. And and that that was so. There's a sentimental value with movies like this well, that I'll make agree, it rewatch. But at a certain point, you stop watching. You mentioned Field of Dreams, Paul. <laughs> you become a man. You mentioned Field of Dreams. We leave childish things. Hey, what's what's when the we common man? <laughs> what's the common denominator, You right? get to the Jerry Maguire opening scene what's quickly. The, what's the common denominator? <laughs> you move on. By the way, I, I will admit I watched this film on MLB Network a year ago. <laughs> it was on on a Saturday afternoon and I watched it start to finish. Okay. So did I. And Tim, then Timothy and I Busfield. Went catch. Timothy Busfield, star of this, also of co-star in Field of Dreams. <laughs> um, so look, greatness. He was also on greatness. 30. He was also on 30-something. <laughs> yes, he was. All right, number three on my list number of great three. Bad sports movies. Paul's favorite, <laughs> Blue Chips. You know the movie's great when Shaq, as yep. an actor in your movie, appears on the cover of it. This is Nick Nolte at his finest. He delivers a great performance. Not quite Oscar-worthy, although I think the Academy uh, <laughs> overlooked him that year. I'll, I'll say another underrated part about this movie. Ed O'Neill at the time was on Married with Children, had not done a lot of film, but he plays the dogged reporter going after Petey Bell, the coach, for his recruiting violations. Blue Chips, very quotable, number three on my list. I've memorized none of these details because like a normal person, I watched the movie once and I moved on with my life. Sha uh, Shaquille O'Neal, worthy of a spot on another list, Top five all-time acting attempts by an athlete. I'm telling you, though, Butch McRae, who is Penny Hardaway in that movie, one of the worst athlete acting performances of all time. Well, there's room for Shaq, two of them on Shaq the top is five. much better. And Shaq is not very good. Much better than Penny Hardaway in this movie. Uh, Ricky Penny, Rowe Penny would tell you he played that role as written. Yes. <laughs> Shaq is not very good at anything that requires him to be on camera when he's not dribbling or dunking. He's pretty good on Inside the NBA. Oh, I saw Candace Tony Parker flunking TV like was a great storyline also, how they were mad that Tony was flunking his TV class <laughs> while Number he was a player two. on the Number two on my list. This is going to be controversial um, oh, wow. because I call it a bad movie. Oh, yeah. The Mighty Ducks. I watched this Knuckle recently <laughs> to get ready for the Mighty Ducks new series on Disney+, Plus, which I am watching and I'm enjoying. A great family tale. A definite winner. I went back and watched this with my wife, Angie, and I will say, it does not hold up to the level that I thought watching it years ago. It is a bad movie, technically. 
I think the technic the execution of the film is not great. It is entertaining. It's a good underdog story. Emilio Estevez is pretty good in it. It's hard. I would to argue see. Emilio Estevez is better now in this remake of it on Disney Plus. It's also difficult doesn't hold to, up that well. Well, especially when you know that Mendoza is a meth head now. That doesn't help. That that's true. Yes, but just the whole thing is it's a little clunky. Like when you go back and watch some of the scenes, it's it's a little clunky. But still, I think probably in terms of film, maybe the most highly regarded on my list. Yeah. But I'm still, Paul, I'm considering it a great, bad sports movie. Your thoughts? Raising my hand. Never seen it. No uh, interest. As Sheens go, I'm a Martin guy, not Simon a Charlie picks up guy. Hockey. He'll be watching it. Not an Emilio Estevez guy. Estevez. Martin. I'm a Martin Sheen guy. Hockey. Not enough space. If I'm watching a movie about sports, I want there to be some room to play. So you're into fake names, not their given names. So Emilio Estevez, Martin by Sheen. the way? Martin Estevez, their given name. Well, I, I, I don't. Uh, this is Charlie Sheen. No, that's Emilio Estevez. That's Emilio Estevez. All right. Uh, I don't like Estevez or Charlie Sheen. I like Martin Sheen. That's Emilio Estevez. But you like brother. Major League and Charlie Sheen, right? Hey, look, he's good sometimes. If you like <laughs> Paul, if you like Martin Sheen, watch this new Mighty Duck show because Emilio Estevez now looks exactly like Martin Sheen. His dad. It is weird. You know who I the like that looks like The movements are the like same. Martin the body's Sheen? the same. They're exactly the same. You know who I like that looks like Martin Sheen? Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yes, yes. Paul only watches Apocalypse Now. These are the only, these are the only types of films that entertains Paul Koharski. Number one on Number my list. Number one. Paul's going to hate it. Everyone else that's watching right now loves it. It's the program. We covered this yesterday. With James. So Con. was this okay? Was this Joe Kane one of the all-time great characters? This film is rich. With characters. Steve Latimer, Alvin Mack, Joe Kane, the girlfriend, who I'm blanking on her name, but is incredibly attractive. This film, uh, Omar Epps is Darnell Jefferson, yeah. Ray Griffin, Halle Berry's debut yes. in this movie. Also, great. He's memorized great movie. the cast and the character names of a film from the 80s? No. 90s. 90s, a film from the 90s I'm that say deserved 92, one watching 93, 93. and a deposit. Here's what I'm going to do, because I don't remember it very well at all. I'm going to rewatch it and come back and really discuss it's whether so, this deserves the attention that Chad Withrow feels it What deserves. was the series on ESPN that they... they Playmakers. Okay, it's, it's very... ESPN would not play this during COVID because the NFL wouldn't want them to play it Were during, guys laying during down in the street in this movie they, with the trucks flying they, by? This was the movie that they cut that scene from theaters yeah. because, because someone tried it and died. Yeah. Um, well, I always like a film that kills people. That's always good. Well, that's practically, I mean... By the Mighty way, the, Ducks didn't get in. Paul, the kill. film, the film that you—how uh, do you know? You ever seen it? Paul, the film you appeared in popularized Russian roulette. So congratulations, yeah. <laughs> people who die from movies—that's yeah. what popularized. But you're not that into films that because kill Because that's people. the first time it was War, filmed on camera. War is rough. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first time. It's so is the NFL camera. locker room. Yeah. So um, are steroids. Boys, your thoughts on this review? So are steroids. You hey, paid closer though. attention there to this segment at, than any segment. I, ever. I was probably 13 when I watched, or maybe uh, 11 to 13. Uh, whenever I watched the program for the first time. Was this rated R or rated PG-13? Or X. Because that, that mattered at the time that yes. you were watching. If you were watching this well, not for Grandma friends, when you watched Jerry Maguire. Oh, it mattered. I didn't finish Jerry Maguire. <laughs> uh, I watched someone else finish on screen, and then it was quickly <laughs> turned off. Uh, <laughs> 
Tom so. Cruise finished, and then, <laughs> and then Hunt's then viewing was finished. Then Hunt's viewing was also finished. And then Hunt went and finished. Uh, it all, it <laughs> I didn't know what they were doing. Simultaneously, it all came I together. Didn't know what they it were all doing. came together at once. It went like this. It was like cymbals crashing. Everything finished at once. Uh, I can't remember if it was R or PG-13, but that... If it's not R, they raised. It's R. Okay. It's R. They raised the standard. <laughs> uh, that there was a. You knew you were watching something a little bit better than a kid's film <laughs> when you watch the program. Can we so get it a, made it better? Can we get a quick review of this segment from production, please? Yes. Yeah, how many of these movies have you guys seen? I've seen Mr. Baseball and The Mighty Ducks. Mr. Baseball is my favorite. Well, I mentioned Mr. Baseball, and Lance Mealy said, uh, "Tom Selleck." That's the Tom Selleck film. I said, "Yes, it is." Jacob. I've only seen the mighty. I've only seen the mighty ducks. I would have predicted that. Do yeah, you find it to, to be he's worthy of any of top he's five lists? Eh, no. Where do you stand on the Estevez family? <laughs> <laughs> he's an uh, Emilio guy. Tiger blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chad, well done. Did Charlie yeah, Sheen beat AIDS? <laughs> Didn't he have? Uh, wasn't that he's before? the Magic Johnson of actors. No, yeah, well, yeah, he's uh, HIV positive. But it hasn't, it hasn't advanced, right? It's yeah. kind of like Magic HIV Johnson. positive, but not AIDS. Eight, yeah, it's a very odd way to finish out this yeah. segment. But really I really brought it. Down. I just really wanted to to throw that out there. I think that was a good segment. I, enjoyed <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm applauding him. Like <laughs> yeah. it's good. I, this is good news. Well, his doctors, you should applaud maybe. Yeah, his, as well. This is uh, this is good the, news. The pharmaceutical. So once again, company. my uh, <laughs> my great bad sports movies. Number five, Mr. Baseball. Number four, Little Big League. Three, Blue Chips. Two, The Mighty Ducks. Number one, The Program. So do I watch The Program tonight or For All Mankind? You, uh, you need to watch The Program so you can come back and give us a review. All right, what's my over-under on the money for that? If it's over 15, I'm not watching it. No, it won't be. It'll be oh, $2.99. Yeah, it should probably, be $2.99. It's probably free. They should pay Am me. It's probably in a bundle <laughs> in Amazon's free movies right now. For I mean, you can find it. I'll find out right now, Paul. Let us know what you think on Twitter, fun. at Outkick360. The show rolls on across the Outkick network. Hang with us. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.